Don't look now, but sports are back, and you can save 40% by subscribing to The Athletic to get the best in-depth coverage of this unprecedented sports season. Baseball's back, basketball's back, hockey's back, MLS, all that good stuff is back, and you get unlimited access to the breaking news, the in-depth stories, the expert analysis on what's sure to be one of the most enthralling season finishes in sports history for all these sports. Don't miss exclusive coverage. Subscribe now and save. Sign up to see for yourself the creativity reporting and storytelling that sets the athletic apart if you go to the athletic.com slash nba show you receive 40 percent off an annual subscription sports are back and you won't want to miss the breaking stories on your favorite teams go to the athletic.com slash nba show for 40 percent off an annual subscription we hope to see you there welcome to the athletic nba show monday through, through friday. friday on the athletic podcast network Thursday. Point of Contention with Ethan Sherwood-Strauss and Marcus Thompson. Hosted by Zach Harper. I do have a take. Jade, you better be careful that all this stuff's not on. Yeah, come on, Jade. I was about to start saying stuff. We're not still recording. This isn't actually going to be used in the podcast, is it? I do have a take. Point of Contention. I'm very suspicious of these people who are just telling these athletes to to, to not play, right? And they're crazy for playing. 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 Welcome to Point of Contention, the Athletic NBA Show podcast. Point of Contention is our Thursday show in which we have five subjects for five minutes. I'm your host, Zach Harper. In this corner, the esteemed author, Bay Area legend, Marcus Thompson. Marcus, I know you're a big WNBA fan. Should the Mercury's offense run through Diana Taurasi or Brittany Griner? Man, chill. This is like not even up for discussion, man. I'm hella mad. Uh... Brittany Griner, 22 shots. She's 11 for 22. She's a monster. I'm with it. I got it. Here's what's unacceptable. Diana Taurasi, five shots. Come on, man. Like, And they almost won the game. So imagine if you actually get Diana going. I'm sick of this post-up basketball. I need a, a big who can shoot and four guards. Can we do that, please? Wow. I know it's. I know the timelines don't work out this way, but a real Steph Curry, Kevin Durant situation going on with the uh, the old Mercury. And in this corner, Ethan Sherwood Strauss, host of the House of Strauss podcast, author of the book, The Victory Machine. Ethan, in preparation for our debate next week, I need a quick take on Andy Samberg's new film, Palm Springs. I thought it was delightful, Zach. Sorry about that, Mr. Policeman. I... Thought you were someone else. <laughs> All right. There we go. Chew in the air what time. What a tease. What a tease for next week. Chew in the air time right there. Can we point out before we move on that Andy Samberg is a Claremont Middle School product uh, along with myself, which is right near Ethan's residence. So he should probably know what Claremont Middle School is. Is this just because he made a good movie? Yeah, he's good. What do you mean? Did you feel this way after Hot Rod? No. Well, come, you what? would be Berkeley High. You would be Berkeley High School's Andy Samberg. If it was Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not denying it at all. I'm not denying it. Start the clock. Take one. This league, the NBA and China just got real awkward. A bombshell report by ESPN dropped on Wednesday detailing the NBA's basketball academies in Xinjiang, a police state in western China where more than a million Muslims are now held in barbed wire camps. Among other things, American coaches at three of those NBA academies alleged that Chinese coaches were physically abusing young players and failed to provide schooling, even though Commissioner Adam Silver said that education would be central to the program. American coaches were frequently harassed 
and surveyed. China. I love them. China. 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 I have to have my China. So let me tell you this. One former coach said we were basically working for the Chinese government, while another said this was a sweat camp for athletes. The NBA's relationship with China, its biggest markets outside the U.S., has been a lot of controversy over the last few months, ever since Daryl Morey tweeted Free Hong Kong last September. Ethan, where do we even begin with this? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's uh, not a great situation for the NBA, and it seems as I've written for a while that there is an inevitable fracture point here. But it, the owners, the business people involved in the NBA, want to console themselves into thinking that there's some way to salvage this, some way, somehow, and it just it just keeps on getting worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. Where look. You can say that whatever China is doing internally is whatever they're doing internally. Obviously, it could be bad enough that it is not just something that can be contained there. But this is this is something that the NBA is presiding over. This is this is academies that have the NBA logo on it, where thirteen-year-olds are getting uh, beaten up by by coaches, and there's pressure not to talk about it. It just to me, it just seems as though. It's almost like a colonial adventure. The NBA, as was said in this article, perhaps the most interesting aspect of it to me that somebody just put it out there, that the NBA is looking for another Yao Ming. That That's the whole point of this venture. That's the whole point of these academies. They want another Yao Ming. I don't know if they can necessarily just find another seven foot six dude who's going to be as great as Yao Ming was. I mean, certain countries are better at certain sports than others. And it's not just so easy to come in from the outside on this colonial adventure that the NBA is on and just generate the next superstar like they want to, to make uh, all this money that they want to make. So in pursuit of this kind of ridiculous goal, in my opinion, uh, they are doing some horrific moral compromises. And in a way, they might have underestimated um, the morality of the public. They might have been too cynical in thinking that this would all go okay. I don't think it's going okay. I think they're going to have to end it. And I don't know when, but that day is coming. All right, Marcus, how how does the NBA navigate these waters? And what's their obligation? Here's what I would suggest, right? The NBA likes to get ahead of these things, right, and position itself as some pioneer. All right, start the withdrawal, right? Start the separation <laughs> process. Uh, go ahead and announce it and say, yeah, you know what? We did our best. We tried. And, you know, paint yourself as, you know, uh, champions of humanity. Uh, but now's the time to do it because you're going to take a hit with this pandemic. So you might as well just take the biggest hit possible, give up the China money, and figure out how to move on from here while you have to do it anyway, right? So, it's it's they can no longer say, hey, man, well, it's we're not participating in it specifically. And to be fair, I don't really start this with the NBA. I, I do feel like it starts with our government. Uh, I do feel like there's much more pressure need to be put on Apple and Nike to kind of lead this. But this is what the NBA does. Right. Like, hey, we, we were the first ones on it. So here's your chance. <laughs> I would, I would push back a little bit. I mean, I agree with the part that these other companies are involved in China and nobody seems to care. That's that's a good point. I think the issue is that the NBA made it part of their branding. They wanted to brag about how involved in China they were. These other companies, they go, okay, we'll make our widgets in Shenzhen and never bring it up and never talk about it. The NBA wore it on their chest, and that is why they are incurring so much reputational damage as – 
A, the relationship turns toxic between China and the United States, and B, Xi Jinping uh, just makes more dictatorial moves. So I think the NBA, uh, you could say, why is the NBA getting so much stick for this when other companies are involved? And I would say it's because the NBA broadcasts the arrangement. Also, I would say it's because the NBA is full of black players. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, the, think that's, I think that's something to do with that. But well, I'm not saying the NBA is not culpable. I'm I saying dispute, I'm sir, that the NBA is that the, the NBA is full of black players. It's not. Wait, no. I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm just saying I'm not. There, I'm not starting with the NBA uh, as far as like on the list of who's you know more problematic, right? Like literally it's a smaller company than apple so mm. i'm starting at the bigger company to make the bigger difference well, but the, i do think it starts at the government yeah, there is something going on where people who don't like the nba's uh stance on social issues within the united states are bringing up the china situation as a way to rob the nba of moral authority and to say you're a hypocrite so i mean they earned that though right yeah. <laughs> they did they 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 did earn it right the the uh I mean, look, the, the, the whataboutism and the criticism on Twitter, it is what it is, right? It's, it's criticism on Twitter. And I, I, I question like if the people who are saying it, like if what their motives are anyway, but that doesn't matter. Like it's Twitter, like we're we're not going to give them too much credence, but absolutely the league that prides itself on being a leader on these issues, they've been secretly on the low trying to, uh, get that bread and that's all good because the biggest brand of the of it all ethan the biggest branding in american history is corporation right it's business it's it's money it's getting the bread first so they are very on brand from that end by trying to get all this this chinese money so i say hey if you i'm just look they probably won't right it's gonna be tough to walk away but now would be the time to say we're going to be the first company to put out of China, and then <laughs> go ahead and take the credit from that. You, you want so you want Adam Silver to ban China effective in the way that he banned Donald Sterling with the for life. <laughs> I am banning Mr. Sterling in the air for life, <laughs> for life, for life, for life, for life, for life, for life. There is no easy way to transition to this. So I'll just say, what a what a, a tough subject if you're trying to wing it. Speaking of wings, ah. is a chicken wing ever just a chicken wing? That's right. Lou that. Williams, Magic City, gone for a funeral, goes that night uh, to to the strip club, the infamous strip club Magic City in Atlanta, picks up some chicken wings and says, hey, anyone who knows me knows that that's my favorite restaurant in Atlanta. It's not a big thing, right? It's not a big deal. Kendrick Perkins calls him out, says he's not as professional as Diane Williams. Zion Williamson, and he says, come on, that's ridiculous. The only thing you have on me is that I went to get wings at a strip club. This is absolutely absurd. So let me ask you, Marcus, was this a reckless decision on the part of Lou Williams, or was Lou flying on a wing in a prayer? Lou Will, what are you doing, bro? Like, you gotta you gotta be more careful. You gotta do better. Coming in on a wing. Look at you with the wings. I did not write that. That was all Jade, but I did deliver it like like you would want to do. I am with it. Uh, I I I stopped short of calling it reckless. I I would call it normal behavior, and I think it's a little bit unprofessional for Lou Williams to not recognize this is a time where you can't do normal behavior. Plus, like like here's why I'm not about to get on this 
Lou Williams defense train. How about you send somebody? Right? Uh, like how about how about get a homie to go get your wings for you from Magic City? Because our Chris Kirshner went to Magic City, got the wings, and he said it was a thirty minute wait. So that means Lou Williams was in there just chilling for thirty minutes. And obviously it's his spot, right? They literally named wings after him, but now might be the time to say, hey, can you go pick these up for me? But I don't call it reckless, right? Reckless would be going to Magic City to get wings and licking the pole. Like, that's reckless. <laughs> but all he did was just do what he normally does and not recognize, hey, now's not the time for normal routines, bruh. How about you just hit the funeral and dip? But he could have got somebody else to send his own get his wings. Like, that's the easy part to this. All right, hold on. Before I let Ethan talk, I need to know, Marcus, do you really think it's a 30-minute wait? Or is it a 30-minute wait as a means of, like, maybe yeah. upselling a little bit in within the establishment? Uh, if it's a 30-minute wait for a 30, a, the Atlanta a, Hawks beat writer, it's probably an hour wait for Lou Williams, right? Like, <laughs> like we really go, we really go get him to throw some money on the stage first, right? <laughs> it's a 30-minute trap is what it sounds like. It's uh, – it's uh, – yeah, I look. I can, I can only judge so harshly. I don't think everybody's still prepared to live in the society we live in, where digitally what you're doing is going to be broadcast out there. We like to try to get away with things uh, in in private. I don't. I, I just can't muster that much anger about this. I can't muster. You that know much who's reckless, with- Ethan? Your homie Who? is reckless. The Who? the picture the rapper what's his name oh uh, Jack Harlow the, Jack Harlow Jack Harlow he's the reckless one out here taking photos in Magic City like chill bro I can't criticize look man waited. Jack Harlow he's the only rapper I know who knows who I am so I can't I can't criticize him I just can't I, Jack Harlow stop snapping stuff uh, in Magic City that's not really a place for pictures anyway bruh. <laughs> we got to get him on the podcast let's try to get let's try to get jack harlow on the podcast let's try to get his side of it i would like Wait, to know why is this ethan's boy what is happening no jack harlow is a big nba just nba journalism fan he reads he he probably knows everybody <laughs> he's a fan on of the journalism of it all i mean i don't know what to call it NBA, i mean if he's a fan of the journalism why is he not a fan of zach he probably is Who's to oh. say he isn't? Well, Jack, buddy, come on the podcast. All right, let me ask you. <laughs> let me ask you a question here. Does this show now? There was a. I can't remember the Rockets blog, so I'm sorry, but I, I think it's the Rockets blog for fan sided. Said that this coverage of Lou Williams and Magic City shows an inherent bias in the media against James Harden because he wouldn't get this. Oh treatment. my God, Ethan, what say you? I, well, it, who was thinking about James Harden in this whole situation that he wouldn't get – well, A, he wouldn't get this treatment because he's way more famous than Lou Williams is and is way more important a player. And I can't even connect it. What was their contention? What was their argument? Why were they saying this? Yeah, what's the rubric for which we're measuring coverage of strip It's that if something happens with the Rockets – there's a bias against I'll tell, no, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what's going on. It's that here. here's how life works, especially with the internet. Everybody is the archetype for a certain kind of joke. And maybe that's not fair because there are many people who would fit for that joke, but we're going to know one person or one thing, you know, as the thing, right? Where is there a city – like Boston gets the racist city. Is there a city that's nearly as racist as Boston or like near the level? Like I don't know. I can't tell you, but that's the city that's going to be used in the jokes about racist cities. That's just how it's going to go. 
Um, that's a very weird analogy I just called to mind from the top yeah, of my I head. I want to see where this is going. I can't look. I'm just saying that when it comes to <laughs> jokes about strip clubs, because James Harden, there have been videos of him in strip clubs. People are going to go to James Harden on the strip club joke. Are there other players who go to strip clubs? Sure. But that's just how life is, and I can't change it. I can't change it, Rocket fans. I, I, I can't change it. I, I have one of those uh, Occam's Razor reasons, right? Okay. Ah. Because one of them is Lou Williams, and the other is James Harden. <laughs> one of them is an MVP. One of them is sixth man of the year. One of them is like the biggest stars in the game. One of them can go to Magic City to get chicken wings, and it's not a problem. Right? Like, <laughs> That's that's why Rockets fans because your star is huge. That's why. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, because Rockets, Rockets fans, I'm not going to let this fly. These are two Warriors homers. Warriors beat writers. All right, my um, <laughs> Ethan is just I selling know. himself oh, as Mr. Man. Bay Area, even though he grew up in San Diego. And of course, Marcus is a Bay Area legend. Oakland, East Oakland, is that right? East Oakland. I'm I'm right. I'm with He's all I'm the Oakland no, There's a fans bias in these two. I'm, I'm with not gonna let it Rockets fly. Fans. I'm not gonna let I'm it saying, fly. I'm saying, look, Rockets fans, why do you want Lou Williams on the same level as your guy? Like, uh, acknowledge don't, the gap don't let between this the big two. media trickster try to trick you into thinking that he's he's on your side. This is all a mind game, and we are going to move on. Hey, Rockets fans. Daryl Morey was right about China, Rockets fans. Okay, moving on. China. China. Coronavirus! I like China. I just sold an apartment for $15 million to somebody from China. China. Am I supposed to dislike them? The final 22 teams have made their way down to Orlando and are ready to get back on the court. While the ending to this year's basketball season will be different than years past, there will not be a shortage of excitement. And there is no better place to get in on all the action than with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. To celebrate the return of basketball, DraftKings will have not one, but two $1 million top prizes through the first two days of the resume season. So get in on all the action now. If you haven't tried it yet, fantasy basketball is easy to play. Pick eight players, stay under the salary cap, and pile up points for three-pointers, rebounds, assists, and more. There's no better way to put your basketball knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot at $1 million. But basketball isn't for you, don't worry. DraftKings is offering plenty of fantasy golf action for this week's tournament. With millions of dollars up for grab this week, there is no better place to have skin in the game than with DraftKings. So download the DraftKings app now. Use the promo code RUN, R-U-N, to get a free shot at millions of dollars up for grabs this week with your first deposit. That's promo code RUN to get a free shot at millions of dollars with your first deposit. Only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Ethan, Marcus, Zach, back to you. Speaking of people who are broke, Tillman Fertitta, the Rockets. As the coronavirus continues to flatten the economy, more and more teams are struggling. Tillman's Rocket, the thunder from Big Oil, Mr. Cruz. Not Tom Cruise, but Mickey Harrison in his heat. We've got Herb Simon's Pacers. Len Taylor's trying to get out with the Timberwolves. He's trying to sell that team. Things will finally come to a head in the fall, especially if fans in attendance are just made of cardboard and not actually selling those tickets. So, Ethan, you wrote about this on Tuesday. What are the implications here of this broke owners, these broke fans, and the broken system? 
Well, right now, uh, the system is flooded with liquidity. Everybody's getting money at uh, very small interest rates. And so I think the owners are just going to try to take on a lot of debt, which rich people can do. It's amazing what loans you can get when you're crazy rich. And you can get someone like Goldman Sachs to float you a bunch of money like the Warriors might be floated. Back in the day, the owners would get a bunch of their minority shareholders to just give them a cash injection to try to keep the lights on. Right now, we are in a much more recklessly uh, <laughs> decided upon economy. The more I talk to people over the phone in the know about it, the more I thought, oh, my God, this whole thing might blow up. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, rest easy with that knowledge, folks. Uh, the whole economy is a giant Ponzi scheme. And for now, the NBA owners are benefiting until it all comes crashing down. So, Marcus, are the Warriors going to have to sell, like, every pick they have and maybe even the arena and maybe even the team? Hey, man, this is what I like to call the chase and a curse, right? Mm. <laughs> it should have never left Oakland. But uh, for, but first off, I need to point out an inequity that's happening on POC, point of contention. Now, Zach, I expect more from you. You're invited to every cookout from the Bay to New York. Okay. But I noticed how... Ethan gets the heavy intellectual discussion on China. He starts that. Mm -hmm. He starts the discussion about broke owners. Mm -hmm. Marcus, can you lead our discussion about chicken? Look, I, look, on, Marcus, man. I'm with like, you. I, I think it's disgusting that Jade would what? set you up like this. And I'm just a puppet, like, oh. right? He He's the marionette. I'm just a puppet, you know. He's Marcus. pulling strings. And I think it's ridiculous. I think it's racist. I'm just a patsy. You know better, Zach. You're better than this, Zach. Marcus, can you lead our discussion about fried chicken? Like, come on. <laughs> well, do you think they bake them or fry them? I'm just, you know, I feel I feel good for the the chef in the Magic City Kitchen who's probably been trying to explain to family members for the longest time that he's a real artist and a real chef, and it's probably been difficult. He's probably like Burt Reynolds and Boogie Nights. He just wants to make a great movie and. The insinuation of sleaze makes it hard for him to do that. And that's me. I'm just saying, why you assume it's a guy? Also, yeah, one, sexist. Marcus, also, you notice how the <laughs> white guy's taking up all your time here? On the I noticed that. Yeah, yeah, he's just, filibuster like, me. He's going to filibuster me on chicken? Like, what is I happening? I was trying to help right. you, Zach. I was trying to pivot away. <laughs> look how, look what you do to me. Stab all right, in the all right. back. Uh, I do think, like, this is what I was saying before. Like, there's going to be a financial reckoning for this, right? Like. Even the Warriors are freaking out. The Warriors are like basically went to like get a payday loan, right? From Goldman Sachs, right? They, they, I, can you picture Joe Lake at like a check cashing place? Like, trying to, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is, this is the rich people's version what of is, a payday loan, right? Like, he said his, his, his shirt was tucked into his 90s jeans so far down it, it grazed the 80s. I think something like that. Something like that. It's like, you know, he went like, look, man, let me borrow 250 You know, I'll get it back to you when I get paid, right? So <laughs> at least at least the Warriors have that. But there is a real fear. If the Warriors are afraid, you, you know some of these other teams are afraid, right? There will be a reckoning. The crazy part is, like, is it smart to sell now? Oh, yeah. It feels like you're selling low, unless you think it's going to get lower, but... It feels like selling now. Like, well, why would you sell anything during a pandemic? No, I would love to sell now if I owned an NBA team and I didn't care about owning an NBA team. It's an ego thing for these guys. That's yeah, you should have done that in March. Yeah, that would have been pretty good <laughs> right there. Well, I, I think that's what it's about, though, is that they Tillman Fertitta will sell every last asset until he has to sell the Rockets because 
We say his name every week on this podcast. We didn't know who the hell that guy was before he bought the Rockets. So that's why these guys want to stay in it. I don't think it's about the financial investment at all. It's about the ego boost that they get from owning a team. But financially, with how things are going with China and the NBA, uh, I think it'd be a pretty good time to sell and buy some other kind of asset that would appreciate uh, at a better rate. But I, I, look, I, I don't have billions reading, of dollars. I was just reading reports that there's going to be like a twenty, it's like a twenty to thirty percent drop in franchise value. So it just feels like, I, look, if you think it's not going to come back, right? If you think they're in for it, all right, I got you. If, if there's a lower low than what they're going through now, fine, right? Like if you don't think there'll be fans for 2021 and that might be tough to overcome, I got it. But if you feel like 2022 is going to be a comeback year, right? If that's going to be the, the the sexy summer where you get in shape, like I'd, I'd much rather like, it feels like I would hold on. I don't know. I got to see the numbers and stuff, but it feels like I don't want to sell right now. I want to wait till it comes back and then I'll sell. So is everything going to be okay? Ethan? Uh, no, no, it's not no? going to be okay. No, uh, not I mean, okay. define okay, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Will we have a league uh, in five years? We will have a league. The branding of the NBA will be applicable to some sort of situation. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's it's going to be rough for the for the billionaires. It's uh, weep for them, everybody. Well, it's going to be rough, too, for, like, the new star players, right? Because, you know, the billionaires oh, yeah. are about to eat this alone. So no. Zion is about to take an L, right? No. Yeah, Zion's <laughs> going to be Zion's making – he's going to be like, I got paid more at Duke. He's going to be – <laughs> Allegedly. I don't know what lame duck means because he's under contract. I hope we win a championship and Mike comes and puts a gun to my head, okay? But How about a good example of giving money away? Is Kyrie Irving – Trying to mess with everybody who's in Orlando. And I'll say it this way. And Marcus, we're going to start with you on this one. How about that? By the Associated Press, Kyrie Irving commits $1.5 million to supplement the income of WNBA players who choose not to play this season, whether because of the coronavirus concerns, social justice reasons, whatever. The funds will come from the KAI Empowerment Initiative that Irving launched on Monday. It also provides players with a financial literacy program. Marcus, we know that Kyrie has become the spokesman for players expressing anxieties over the return of the season. Social justice was a big part of that. Coronavirus was a big part of that. So was Kyrie trying to throw this uh, this benevolence in the face of all the people who went to Orlando to play inside the bubble? I'm not. I don't know. I, I would be surprised if Kyrie was like, all right, I'm going to show you all up. <laughs> but I'm just happy that he's that he's actually – like keeping to his desires, right? He's the one saying we need to be out here doing this. This is more important than basketball. So I'm glad he is doing that, right? I'm glad he's putting something behind it. Like he's making movies, he's giving money. I long since felt like it would be very easy for these players to supplement the WNBA players, right? To, to, to at least like, why not just get them on a deal, right? Like, yo, Westbrook, right? You got a Jordan deal. Be like, all right, I'm going to sign my deal, but you got to sign her too. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like they, they could have long done, you know, things to help their counterparts in basketball. So I'm just happy Kyrie wasn't just talking when he was trying to shut down the bubble before it, before it erected. I'm just I I want to I want to read the fine print on this. I mean, so oh is boy. this? Oh boy! Is there any? Well, is there any? Is oh, there? Wow! Is, no, is there any limit on Marcus, it? Like, what if? What's 
No, uh, yeah, so I do. I is, do. What, what is that? Well, okay. Uh, let me just say. So 1.5 million to any WNBA player who doesn't want to play. Is is that is that my understanding? Is there any cap on that? Like what if 100 decide no, no, to take the 1.5 million? No, 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 no. It's not 1.5 for each player. It's what? Okay, okay, okay. Yes. Okay, okay. Because I was about to go. Okay, that's that'd be a little bit risky, right no, there. Everyone that'd be a little would bit opt out. <laughs> yeah. <That's>, no. <laughs> when I read, okay, so when I read it, okay, I didn't. Okay, no, that makes a lot more sense. That would be. <laughs> if we want to question Kyrie's judgment, that would be incredible. That would be. I would want to see that. Uh, right then and there, I would want to see what would happen. How many people would take the deal? <laughs> but since that's- I mean, the, the WNBA max is like, what, 215, <laughs> 215,000? So, yeah. So, if you're okay, so here's the other question. If Everybody's taking if that. If you're deal. the only one who takes up Kyrie on the offer, do you get the $1.5 million? I mean, how how is this all decided? I don't, I don't know that it's a. It, I, I, I'm it's pretty not sure a he's just covering their salary. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure he's just covering their salary. Like, Liz Cambage is not playing, right? I'm pretty sure he's just saying, all right, Natasha Cloud not playing i'm pretty sure he's saying like don't worry about money you're gonna have your salaries if you're playing like yeah it's not it's not like a uh you know like where you shake the dice and be like whatever number you roll it's not it's not it's not a ton it's not a ton teen where the uh the last person gets it or whoever this isn't this isn't a game of mousetrap where like someone's (laughs) gonna get trapped with the 1.5 million dollar endowment i don't think that's what this is Ah, man i look it's a very interesting it's a very interesting move he's putting money behind it he's putting money behind it um yeah i don't really without knowing completely the justification it's hard to make a judgment on it um i wonder how the WNBA feels about it though i mean that's that's what i'm curious about how do the players i mean he discussed it it with them from what i read he he discussed it with him and said he wanted to do this i mean of, of course they like it i mean all they really want is uh support and recognition so it's insurance, and, and their and their name included in the tweet. Yeah, you know, yeah. they're not they're not asking for much. Yeah, guy goes in. Sounds good. All right, <laughs> that's what. That's what you're in. Yeah, like, it's not my money. Weren't? I don't care. No, I wasn't. Not. I just had questions, and those questions were answered. And it, what was revealed ultimately was that I didn't understand the very basics of the news story we were discussing, and that's what we all learned, folks. Marcus, how do we feel about how this this segment went? <laughs> I feel like uh, Mr. Intellectual who gets all the weighty topics to probably do his homework. Yeah, uh, yeah, maybe. Look, it's uh, maybe, put down, going on. maybe put down the, the, that the source and pick up a newspaper, Ethan. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Ethan's like, yo, it's Kyrie. <laughs> Speaking of not understanding how basic things work, the Knicks. They sealed the deal, as many knew they would once they hired Leon Rose and World Wide West. Tom Thibodeau is their next head coach. Uh, so, you know, he might get fired after one season, collect checks on a, on a vacation for the next five years. The hard-hitting New Britain's Thibodeau has developed a reputation of being too hard on his players, driving them into the ground, being reckless with their minutes. Uh, David West on this week's edition of Tampering which you can find every Tuesday right here on the Athletic NBA Show, said, I saw what competing against the Timberwolves or whatever, anybody that's honest with you, they saw the the, the way that that, that that situation had deteriorated. And the optics of that situation, in my opinion, were like, oh, yeah, it, it, it's over over there. Like, they're done. 
So, Marcus, I'm going to start with you on this one, even though it's supposed to be Ethan. But I, I, I trust your opinion on this one. Is I Tom Thibodeau you let, you let him, you let Marcus rattle you? It's just too much of a boomer for these young kids, <laughs> or is this just the kind of rearing these young players need? Nah, this is all bad. <laughs> this is all bad. First off, like, uh, how many jobs is this for him? Look, this is a message for all coaches who want a job. Come hang around like the Spurs or the Warriors. <laughs> Eventually, somebody will think you're current and relevant, and they will give you a job. Or sign with CAA <laughs> is the other lesson. Right, that's the other one. <laughs> and this is this is a weird one, right? Uh, this this feels like a setup, and like just like he his his voice alone is going to be a problem, right? Like just <laughs> I I just don't know why they thought this is what they need. They need somebody who's going to like really just beat them down, right? Turn them into dust. Like, I don't know why this is a sustainable thing unless they're thinking, let's get us a little setup. Let's, let's have somebody build a foundation and then we go find our Steve Kerr. But all that means is if you're a player, you're like, man, this dude ain't going to be around here long. So why, why in the world would I go all out? It's just, it's just a retread hire. And I think he's a good coach, but it's a retread hire. It's just uninspiring. Now, one might think we're going to throw to Ethan here for this. But I have no interest in hearing what Ethan has to say about this. No offense, Ethan. C-A-A. C-A-A. I, I, I want to hear C-A-A. what he does. C-A-A. C-A-A. I paid my dues. The first thing is you have to do what you think is best for the franchise. I've done my sentence. So that's not what's best for the franchise. Whether it's ownership, the business side, listen, he is a talented basketball coach. He is a great basketball mind. He will work in the NBA. Who I would like to hear from is I'd like to dust off radio. Because I'm curious, are today's players too soft for Tom Thibodeau's coaching? Oh my God, dude. They are 12 fly soft. Normally, I would endorse such a fantastic coaching hire, a winner, a true winner, gritty, hard-hitting, New Britain, Tommy Fitz. Love him, but I think he needs to be saved from himself, folks. He can't go back to such a soft, whiny league of player empowerment crybabies, the type who on the front of $1.5 million to save the WNBA like Cryrie Irving, oh my lord. You can't have it. This guy is too great. He belongs in the studio. He belongs with that beautiful voice. You've heard that wonderful, mellifluous voice of Tommy Thibbs. He should be an announcer, folks. Not have his great talent squandered on these prima donnas. Radio Ethan knows what mellifluous says? <laughs> I'm like, what does Maleficent have to do with all of this? <laughs> I mean, I'm a big Angelina Jolie fan, Marcus, but I just did not see that coming. That's that's the biggest flaw in the radio, Ethan, is that sometimes I'm caught. I, I, I'm about to use a word. And I go that. Yeah, that's probably not the word. We could just pretend that Radio Ethan thought he was saying malicious. <laughs> he was halfway through Maleficent and, and thought of like chicken wings, so it became delicious. all right let's go to our closing rant thought anything you want to say marcus i would love to start with you because i just believe that you have earned this over 
decades of journalism. This is like a point of contention reparations here. I'm going to keep getting the ball first every time now. You know what? Call it what you want. I just, you know, I I respect you, Marcus. I want to make sure that you are taken care of. I want to make sure that you feel like you are the main part of this podcast because you are in my opinion so marcus thompson what is your closing rant or thought or anything you want to say assuming you want to go first i want to issue an apology is what i want to do i want to start by saying that i am sorry sabrina Ionescu. when i did my wnba predictions i, w- I was trying to be a little different right i, I do think satusa bali is the truth right i do think she is going to be incredible her Oregon teammate and everybody was on a Sabrina bandwagon and I, I did not ride with my Bay area homie from Miramani high school. So you know what Sabrina does? She goes out, she drops 31 against Satu and the matchup between the Liberty and the wings. Now the wings are probably going to win this game. They're up 20 with five minutes left, but Sabrina's dropping 31 in game two of her career. My bad, Sabrina. I'm sorry. I watched you in high school. I should have known better. You should have been my rookie of the year. I got gassed. I'm sorry. I didn't think your shot was going to be good enough in the first year. But, hey, you're, you're proving me wrong. I should. I will never go against the Bay Area again. She's 6 for 10 from 3 tonight. I'm sorry, Sabrina. Big week for wings. All right, Ethan, what's your closing rant? I'm going to show how out of touch I am, and I'm going to go with – I don't get it. So, you know, now that I'm sort of getting more into golf right now, I'm anti-sand trap. Is this an invention that we should just rescind? It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I I know that it's part of the obstacle course of the course, that you don't want to hit it in there, but it's no fun when you get in there. I don't like sand. I don't like walking in sand. Apparently, you have to clean it when you go in there like like your dog just took a dump in, in, in that particular area. It just seems far too inconvenient. I'm convinced that the game of golf would be equally, if not more fun, without the sand trap. This is inertia. This is whatever version we have in the hoop idea, NBA. We shouldn't have it anymore. Sand traps banned. That's my proclamation. So just for those listeners at home, Ethan's worried because we're going to ask you, the listener, to come up with a winner for this week. Ethan's been worried that he's not likable enough. Yes. So he went with golf. Yes. <laughs> everybody Larry everybody hates sport. sand traps, right? Golf. Like everybody's got a problem with sand traps. Yeah, that's, that's an issue. In the middle of the pandemic – uh, all the economic upheaval that people are going through, trying to make ends meet. I'm sure that this is uh, in the foreground of everybody's minds. It's been long, long time coming to get rid of the sand traps. Just once again, Ethan ranted about golf to become more likable during a global pandemic. Four! I mean, Ethan basically is just like, God, hey, I, yo, I, I'm uh, terrible in the sand. Stop putting. Stop putting adversity in my way. Can I get the smooth sailing ride from San Diego? Like, that's, that's all. Come on. Yeah, toughen up, like Ethan. No toughen more up, sand. No more sand. C-A-A. No more. <laughs> hey, Ethan, did you did you know this, uh, you know, the, uh, the Chinese group that is being discriminated against and, you know, putting them in tournament camps? I was watching. Yeah, I was, the, I was, the Yeah, I was. So I didn't. I didn't know about any of this, right? So I'm like trying to learn about it. I was watching John Oliver had a segment on it. So my first time, like, 
grasping this stuff. John Oliver is telling me, and I promise you, every time I thought I felt like, did he just say the N word? Like <laughs> every single, every time I was like, yo, that's insanely close. Then they started talking about how they're treated and how they're being labeled as criminals, and then they're like Uyghurs, and I was like, okay, yeah, I'm rolling, I'm rolling with them, but. Yo, it was so close every time. <laughs> Have you been to uh, Wild Ginger in Alameda? That's uh, that that's uh, Uyghur food there. For more news from the NBA bubble, check out this week's episode of the podcast. That's Kevin Harlan joining the Athletics' Joe Posnanski from the bubble. Harlan shares the stories behind some of his most famous NBA and NFL calls and looks ahead to Thursday's Lakers-Clippers game that he'll be calling for TNT. You can find the podcast with Joe Posnanski wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts, just like you find the Athletic NBA show, right? You got basket buds, you got tampering, hoops adjacent, right here, POC, point of contention, and Nerd She Wrote, all that good stuff. Make sure you drop a comment, make sure you tweet us, make sure you subscribe to The Athletic. Subscribe to the podcast, subscribe to The Athletic. Right now, theathletic.com slash NBA return 40 that's the athletic.com slash nba return 40 you get 40 percent off a subscription 40 percent it's like 2.99 a month remember when we used to go like get coffee and stuff when you could leave your apartment you could leave your house and go get coffees well it's like one of those a month that's what it is 2.99 a month with 40 percent off make sure you subscribe to the athletic you support ethan's work you support marcus's work you support my work and you support the athletic and the great podcasting and all the great coverage that happens right there for not just nba but baseball nfl soccer all that good stuff WNBA. Uh, i'm sure there's hockey stuff like there's everything you would ever want at the athletic Act like a professional.